All right, last time uh, there was a question uh, that was asked, and I want to uh, answer that question, and it's in John chapter 6. Uh, pick up in verse um, oh, 20, uh, 28. Therefore they said to him, What shall we do so that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. Then in verse 30 is really where the question came from. So they said to him, What then do you do for a sign so that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and it is written, He gave them bread out of heaven to eat. All right, so the question basically is, why are they asking him for a reason uh, for a sign? Uh, well, when you go through verse 30 there, there's basically several questions that are being asked. First one, what then are you doing as a sign so that we may see and believe you? Number two, what work are you performing? And then the third one is more of a statement. He says, our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread out of heaven to eat. So uh, it's apparent that these, uh, these are questions, and it's probably not from a single individual, because it says they asked him. So these questions are probably being fired. If you think about the situation, flesh it out a little bit, that uh, you've got Jesus standing there, and you've got a crowd, a multitude around him, and they are asking him different questions. So this, they probably ask him a lot more, but this is the summation that the Holy Spirit decided that you know, these were uh, the most appropriate questions to in, be included in the scriptures. So, uh, you know, the people are asking him probably from mixed, uh, from mixed emotions on their part, mixed expectations. Uh, that they are uh, firing at him. So here's some of the possible reasons that they would ask for a sign. First one is their expectation of a Messiah. The, you know, in the Jewish tradition, the Messiah was going to perform signs and wonders. Uh, and there's biblical evidence of that. Uh, you know, people were familiar with the miracles of the uh, uh, Old Testament prophets. Uh, such as Moses. And then in Isaiah 35, you know, this is the response that Jesus gives John the Baptist's uh, apostle or his uh, disciples when they came to him, are you the Messiah? And he responds from Isaiah 35. You know, the passages, eyes uh, of the blind will be um, opened, ears of the deaf will be unstopped, you know, the lame will walk, the uh, dead will be raised. So uh, the people were familiar with those references and they knew that the Messiah was going to fulfill some of those. So that probably was some of the reason why uh, by you know the one question, you know, uh, why are you doing as a sign that we may see and believe you? Uh, so they expected similar, if not greater signs from the Messiah. And then the second possible reason is verification of Jesus' claim. If you remember, Jesus made makes some pretty mm, outlandish at the time uh, claims about himself and his relationship with God. 
You know, one of the questions, one of the uh, blasphemies that he was accused of is making himself out equal to be with God. Uh, so they're asking him, you know, are these claims real? Are, you know, are you really saying, you know, uh, that you are related to God, you know, the Son of God? Uh, so they're asking for tangible proof that he was indeed the Messiah and that he had def divine authority to be able to um, to claim these, uh, uh, to make these claims. Now, also, maybe to uh, compare against past miracles. You know, the reference to the manna in the wilderness uh, in verse 31 indicates that they were comparing Jesus to Moses. All right? We recognize that Moses was a very central figure in the Old Testament history and that he provided manna from heaven as a sign, okay, of God's providence and God's presence with them. So the people were essentially asking Jesus to prove that he was greater than Moses by performing a similar or maybe even a more impressive miracle than providing manna from heaven. And there were no doubt some of the people there that were skeptical, and they were just going to test him. Uh, that you know, that you know, they may have seen or heard about the previous miracles, you know, the feeding of the five thousand uh, the day before, but they still doubted and maybe wanted just a little bit more evidence of who this guy really is. And then there was no doubt the ones that just wanted more food. You know, that they, you know they, they could really care less about the spiritual aspect of it. They just wanted to have some of their, their, their needs met, the physical benefits that Jesus could provide instead of really understanding the, the more spiritual uh, message that Jesus was trying to convey. So in response to all of these possibilities, Jesus takes this opportunity here to redirect their focus away from seeking the miraculous signs uh, for the physical food, to understanding the spiritual nourishment that he offers as the bread of life. So this conversation also kind of sets the stage for the deeper teachings a little bit later in uh, the sixth chapter of John here about faith, about the nature of Jesus' mission, and the spiritual life that he has to offer them. So let's pick up in verse 32. Verse 32 says, Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread out of heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread out of heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. So in this passage here, Jesus is making a, a pretty important statement about himself. He claims here to be the true bread, the bread of heaven. So this comparison is pretty significant and, and, and fitting, obviously, of his divine nature, of who he really is. So he started to make a transition from the, uh, in his teaching uh, about him being the bread of life. Uh, and, you know, bread is obviously something that they could identify with, we can all identify with, as something that provides nourishment. So let's kind of uh, segue into comparing a moment our physical needs so we can better understand the spiritual. 
Why do our bodies need food? Well, this time of the year, whether we need it or not, it's all around us, right? Appreciate the two pounds. There's not two pounds of candy back there anymore, John. <laughs> so think of, you know, it, food is an energy source. Uh, it, think of it as fuel for our body, similar to how a car, you know, runs on gas or electricity, if you are so inclined, okay? Our bodies take that food and they break it down into energy. And that provides everything that we do from walking, talking, thinking, and even sleeping. Food also it helps to build and repair our body. It's like the building blocks of our body. It helps in growing new cells, repairing damaged ones, and maintaining muscles and organs within our body. And especially is important with children who are growing uh, and for adults to stay healthy and to recover from illnesses and injuries as well. Now we're gonna kinda, you know, hopefully make some comparisons of how food nurses our physical body and then maybe make a little bit more of a not as clear uh, but vitally important comparison of what Christ does for our spiritual bodies, all right? All right, so also food for our body. It regulates body functions. Food helps regulate the vital parts of, of what our body does. For example, it keeps our heart beating, our brain functioning, and our digestive system working. Now, within that food, there's different nutrients. And they play very specific roles, like calcium for our bones and vitamins for our immune system. And then, you know, the way our body reacts to that food is just as important. Uh, because just taking the food in uh, without anything else going on would be useless, all right? So we have a digestive system. When we eat, our body starts the, pro the, the process of digestion very early. From the chewing in the mouth and the saliva in our mouth, it begins that process. And then uh, it's like a conveyor belt. The food is broken down into our, in our stomachs, uh, and, and then it finishes in the intestines where the nutrients are actually absorbed from the food. Now this absorption and distribution, so once the food is broken down into the nutrients, then our body absorbs them and sends them to different parts where they're needed. It's like a delivery system. You know, break it down from a, from a manufacturing or a supply a chain. There's a delivery system within our body as well, where each nutrient has a very specific address of where to go. A couple weeks ago, Helen ordered something online. Well, it said it got delivered on December 14th. <laughs> and it probably did, but it didn't go to the right address. So our body knows where a particular nutrient that it gets delivered uh, into the uh, uh, intestine system, intestine system, it knows where that nutrient is supposed to go. If calcium ends up going to your uh, 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 blood system, 
not a good thing. You know, uh, it's not supposed to be in the veins or calcium buildup. So it has got, uh, the body knows exactly where that nutrient is supposed to go. Um, proteins are supposed to go to the muscles. Carbohydrates are to provide energy. And then so that energy management, there's a, there's a smart energy management system within each one of our bodies. Uh, it, and it uses what it needs and it stores the rest for later. It's kind of like a savings account for energy within our system. When we eat more than we need, our body saves it, mostly as fat. And then uh, when we don't eat enough, our body then calls on those reserves uh, to keep it going. And then the body's got different responses for different types of food. Our body reacts differently to different types of food. For instance, sugary foods, thank you, John, um, it gives us a quick energy boost, but can lead to a crash a little bit later, hopefully after we leave. All right, not physical crash. Okay, we don't want that. Um, and whole foods like fruits, vegetables, grains, they release energy very slowly, and it keeps us feeling full longer. It's like comparing a quick sprint with a, with a long, steady walk. So in essence, our bodies are like complex, very well-oiled machines that need regular fuel, food, okay, to function correctly. So the food that we eat is transformed into energy, building materials, essential substances to keep us alive and well. So this process is a very delicate balance, and it's a testament, really, to the very intricate design that God put together for each one of our, our, our bodily systems. Now, when we compare that with the soul's hunger, the spiritual side, there is a very deep, very basic yearning for something within each and every one of us that goes beyond spiritual food or beyond physical food. It's a longing for a meaning, for a purpose in our lives, for a connection with something greater than ourselves. And this hunger is a very fundamental part of human existence. It reflects our inner need, not our, not our physical need, but our inner need. But see, sometimes there are things that will suppress that spiritual need within us. And they're all around us. First one, material desires. You know, the chasing after material wealth, status, physical pleasures, that, you know, the soul's deeper needs can get overshadowed when we are continually chasing after those things. Or the, you know, these pursuits here, while they're temporarily satisfying, you know, in a sense, they leave a void that the material gains really cannot fulfill. No matter what, you know, you, you hear a lot of stories about the, the, the rich and powerful that lead pretty terrible lives. Well, it makes sense. You know, they, they, they have everything that money can uh, provide, yet there's still a desperation within them, that they, that they recognize there's something missing, there's something else. Well, there's other distractions, too, like technology. 
it, particularly in this life that we live in, you know, the modern world, there is a constant connectivity, okay, and the digital distractions that can pull an individual away from the inner spiritual pursuits that we really should be seeking after instead. So the noise of this digital age that's all around us can drown out that, that quieter voice of the soul. It can barely be heard because of all of the noise that's around us. And then, lastly, the busy lifestyles. You know, the fast pace of life, there is a glorification of being busy. And it can really lead to a neglect of our spiritual life. There is a certain amount of... Um, we lie to ourselves when we... When we think being busy is being beneficial, that being busy all the time, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. I, you, know, I've, you, know, you fill up your life with all these things, but it's a distraction. People often find themselves too busy to engage in practices that nourish the soul, such as Bible study, prayer, you know, just as the body needs food for life, health, and strength, the soul also has a hunger for something beyond physical nourishment as well. The spiritual hunger is a craving for a higher good, a desire that earthly pleasures cannot satisfy, can never satisfy. It's a yearning that may be suppressed by worldly distractions, but will re they, they, it will reveal itself. It will, it will resurface uh, when, uh, when they recognize there is a need for something more. When we consider, you know, when we make those parallels with the physical food that we eat and how it nourishes different, not only nourishes our body, but keeps all of the functions in our body clicking the way they should be. I don't know what, what you would, uh, what analogy you can make for each one of the, each one of the functions, each one of the, the proteins, the, uh, whether it be, uh, or even on a higher level than that, the carbohydrates, the sugars. Um, I'll go back to John's candy in the back. If you try to survive on, Helen makes sure that I have Hershey's Kisses in the, uh, on, on the counter because I, uh, all right, my name is Don, and I'm a sugar addict. <laughs> all right, it's all great, you know, sure, we, all, we all like sugar, but it, the, to me, I would, re, I would relate those to the little calendars with, with the single verse on it every day, all right? You, you can't survive on that alone. It's great, you know, I, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, uh, that, uh, you know, those verses, they're, they're good, they're, you know, they're thought-provoking, but you can't survive on that, just like you can't survive, as much as I've tried, <laughs> on sugar, all right, uh, because it doesn't fulfill all of the needs in our body. We need more than that. We need, we need Bible reading, Bible study. Um, so... Uh, uh, we need assembly. We're commanded to have assembly. Um, 
the, the making melody in our heart, you know, is that the, the carbohydrates of our life, you know, that, that keeps us going long term? Um, so there's, there's uh, it, it's, it's interesting to kind of uh, postulate, if you will, on different um, aspects of our spiritual life and, and, and relate those to the, 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 the physical food uh, and how our body takes the, and uses all of those. It, it's, a, it's a great, um, um, uh, we'll obviously know someday, uh, but each one of the things that we do on a spiritual uh, realm provides sustenance for us, something that keeps us going, builds us up, repair uh, prayer, okay, um, for, um, you know, is that the part that uh, helps us to uh, rejuvenate uh, something that is going wrong in our bodies or in someone else's, okay? That your prayers, can that be part of the, the physical aspect, you know, that, that food provides for your body to repair and, and, and be healthy? Is that, the, is that the action that prayer does? Um, it's, um, God has put it all together, not by chance, not by accident. Uh, so, um, when, so when we get back to uh, Christ here, what he is saying is, he says, I am the true bread. It's a gift from God. So he, he recognizes we all understand the necessity for bread. Uh, and, you know, he, and, he, and, he, and he is the spiritual drink. So, uh, <laughs> you know, the old um, punishment, we're going to put you on bread and water. Well, you know what? Bread and water is all we need spiritually. I mean, from he's he's the bread and and he is the spiritual drink, uh, he, the the waters uh, the, the living waters. So, if I can make that analogy as well, so Christ meets the needs for our souls just as God provides the needs for our physical body. Jesus is providing the needs for our spiritual body. Christ is like the manna from heaven, is what he says here, representing the supernatural provision for our souls. And as such, he was pre prefigured as manna from heaven in the Old Testament, in the wilderness. Christ is not a temporary solution for a passing need, as physical food, physical body is. He is the real, substantial bread that meets the deepest needs of our souls. And this satisfaction is only through Christ. When we partake of Christ, not through the physical feeding, but through the spiritual connection that we, that we have, faith is how we internalize the divine provision from God, Christ. So feeding on Christ by faith leads to that lasting satisfaction, the spiritual health that we want, and the eternal life that he promises. So just as the Israelites were nourished by manna and the multitude by the loaves just a few days earlier than this, so are all the souls nourished by Christ, proving his power to fulfill their deepest spiritual needs. There is a connection, you know, that uh, we, we've often uh, alluded to about why, uh, why God, you know, put families together and we can understand, the, you know, the, the parent-child relationship, the sibling relationship, the family. 
um, and, and relate that to a, you know, the physical to the spiritual. Well, the same is true for the physical bread and the spiritual bread that Christ came to deliver to us. So uh, appreciate that, consider it, think about it, and recognize that God put it together uh, not by happenstance, uh, but by design. Uh, and we are here to um, partake of that spiritual food that he has promised us. So if we will stand, we'll be dismissed.